Blog Talk Radio. Hello there and welcome to the Michael Calderon Show. We're so glad you could join us today. And yes, it is already September 1st of 2020, if you can, if you can believe that. Um, we're so excited that you could join us today. My co-host, Vanessa, will not be joining us this evening, but I know that she's tuning in. Um, and before we go into today's special guest, I do want to mention about a free dental day that's going on Wednesday, September 30th at Everything Teeth Miami. And uh, they are down off of Southwest 42nd Street and 128th Avenue in Miami. Uh, Dr. Diana Morrell and Dr. Omar Morrell. They are brother and sister. They're fantastic dentists. And I'm saying that because they have become my dentist as well for me and my family. And they do an amazing, amazing job. So if you're here in South Florida they're doing something really special for the community. It's by appointment only. So you want to go to their website, everythingteethmiami.com, to get an appointment for Wednesday, September 30th. It's serving those with financial troubles, giving them access to dental care. One extraction or filling or cleaning per person. You can also go to their Instagram page at everythingteethmiami. All spelled out. All right, so do, do check them out, and we thank them. Also, for your prescription needs and medical supplies, make sure you check out Zen Care Pharmacy in Miramar, and they're located off Flamingo Road and Miramar Parkway. So let me tell you about today's guest. Christine Cruz lives in Miami. She is the author of a new book entitled Aging with Hope, which is a heartfelt true story about the power of love and what it's like caring for aging family members. There are so many books about new parenting, but very few books written about the journey of caring for older family members and the importance of capturing those memories. Christine is a familiar face as she's been anchoring local news here in South Florida for the past 24 years. Christine, and she doesn't even look like she's 24, okay? But Christine graduated with high honors from Florida International University, where she earned a Bachelor of Science degree in communication. She was valedictorian of her high school class and was crowned Miss Miami in 1995. She loves running, singing, learning TikTok dances with her daughter, Leah, playing fetch with Lucy, her German shepherd, watching The Mandalorian with her son, Lucas, and cheering on her husband, Frank's college football team. And they are an amazing family. I have met them. They are just fabulous. So um, so without further ado, we're going to bring on Christine. Christine, how are you this evening? I am well. Thank you for the really nice introduction, Michael. And I'm really happy to be here with you today. Well, thank you so much for accepting the invitation. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I really, I really enjoyed reading your book um, to to your point there there are not enough books written about what it's like caring for aging parents and or grandparents and and I think that that is really crucial uh, particularly here in South Florida where you know we have a large retirement community as opposed to other parts of the country so um, so I'm really glad that you wrote the book. It's very easy to read. It's not a long book, but it, it kind of gets to the point. But it also has quite a heartfelt story about, about your family. Um, so before we talk about the book, let's talk a little bit about your career and, and kind of take it to where it's come to today. Okay, sounds good. Well, as you mentioned uh, when you introduced me, I have been anchoring South Florida News for Channel 7. Today in Florida is the morning show that I anchor, and I've been doing that for the past uh, 24 years or so. Uh, Before that, I worked for a small little cable station that is no longer in existence, Dynamic Cablevision, 
which is actually how I started my career. And that was one of the coolest experiences. I mean, I wish it were still around so people could still do it, but a lot of local news anchors actually got their start on that station. And it was excellent because you had an English newscast and a Spanish newscast, and you wrote, shot, and edited for both newscasts and then presented your story. So it was an invaluable experience. After that, I worked for Telemundo for the local Channel 51 station. I did weather for them, and I did entertainment reporting. And it was a couple of years after that that I got my start at Channel 7, and that was 1996. Uh, Been there ever since. Had the opportunity to raise two amazing kids while juggling work and family life. And uh, now my kids are grown. Fortunately for me, they're still here in Miami and we're all still together. But uh, it has been a journey. And, you know, one of the things you mentioned when, when you talked about the book is the fact that there are so many books that deal with welcoming a newborn. And there's an obvious reason for that, Michael. And the reason is that that's a joyous time. That's a time that people look forward to. And that's a time that makes you smile. Now, when you're talking about uh, caring for aging parents, which which pretty much everyone deals with to some extent, whether you personally care for them or have someone else help you, it is something that most people, a challenge that most people will face at some point in their life. But guess what? It doesn't make you smile as much. It's it's really tough. And, And that's why not only did I find the need for something like that, because there really aren't that many books, as you mentioned, but it's also something that is so relatable. And that's really the feedback that I've gotten so far from people who have read the book. They've been like, wow, you know, I've gone through that, or I have a friend who's gone through that, or, you know, you put pen to paper, and that really is something that we all can relate to, whether or not it's your personal story. To some extent, it's everyone's personal story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what was it like for you kind of when, when you first made that adjustment or t- rather transition in your life to having, you know, um, I, I believe it was your grandparents as well. What was that transition like? And I know that you dedicated, I, I know that you dedicated the book to your mom, Esperanza, which is hope yes. in Spanish. <laughs> Yes, and, and I did that because, well, she was the inspiration for the book. That's, that's the number one reason. But the name of the book, as you, as you just alluded to, has her name in it because hope is esperanza in Spanish, and it has both that figurative meaning of aging with hope, you know, that, that hope that you have as you get older and you have someone to care for you. But in this particular story, it was literally aging with hope. And, you know, I saw my mom. My mom was a single mom who worked extremely hard to make sure that my brother and I had an incredible life. And I know that that's a story that really a lot of people share. There are a a lot of single moms out there, and a lot of people think that their moms are extraordinary, but I know that mine is. I mean, the the sacrifices that she made for us, um, we grew up very poor, um, lived probably in 10 or 12 different apartments, growing up, uh, just between the ages of maybe 6 and 12. Every time I drive, my, my husband laughs at me because whenever we drive through certain areas of Miami, I'll be like, oh, I lived there, or I lived there, and I lived there. And, and he laughs, he's like, you've lived everywhere. And it was really my experience growing up. But home base was always my grandparents' house, you know, whenever there wasn't enough money and, and it was just time to move back. So, And it's okay because in Hispanic families, and I know you mentioned that we have a very large retirement community here, in South Florida, but we also have a very large Hispanic family. And as you know, Michael, those, those families are, our nuclear families are very extended. You know, they go beyond just our immediate parents. So going back to my grandparents' right. house was going back home. And it was fine and it was wonderful. And I'm, I'm so glad that I was, I was around to see that, to see my mom make the sacrifices that she made, not only for us, but to, to be able to somehow extend herself to do that for her parents when it was so hard. I mean, here she was supporting two kids who were growing up and, you know, had no clue what she was going through. And yet she made the time to to be there for her parents every single day. Um, My grandparents, and I talk about it in detail in the book, 
um, were were yes. both amazing people. You know, they really they really were. I was particularly close to my grandfather, and I think the obvious reason for that is because my mom was a single mom. I didn't really have a father figure, so to speak. But but to say that I didn't have one is a blatant lie because he was my father. There's no doubt about it. I was extremely right. close to him, and uh, and the bond that I shared with him through my entire life uh, is something that I think now, even now, still shapes me. I still think about things that my grandfather told me and lessons that I learned from him that were invaluable and, and still helped me in parenting my own kids because I, too, was a single mom for a very long time. Right, right. And, and, and you know, I, I think that's, that's the thing that, that really um, jumped out at me um when when reading the book was um first of all I, I didn't want to put it down and 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 I went back and reviewed some of the things that I had read. But I, I almost felt like this story is kind of a very a very common story in the Hispanic community. And and I could relate to it as well on a personal level because my mom was a single mom who worked full-time, had part-time jobs as well. You know, I spent I spent a good portion of, of my time with my grandparents. You know, that was definitely home base. And, you know, my mom also juggled taking care of them as they got older. And my grandfather, who I was very close to, uh, I was close to both my grandparents, but you know my grandfather was my father figure. So I, I could just relate with you all the way, with the exception of I grew up in New York and you grew up in Miami. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's basically why I think the story resonates because there are so many people that they share so many commonalities when it comes to that. Um, and I sure hope, you know, I, I know a lot of people have today, in fact, at work, I received a copy of the book and it was from a viewer who had bought it and wanted me to sign it and send it back to him. And that, that made me feel so good. He included a note in it, you know, and I was, I was so, so happy to see that people have really taken the time to read it. Like, as you mentioned, it's a really quick read. It's, it's, a uh, about 45 pages in total and it includes some, some family photos because my idea was not right. to delve into this huge, like, you know, every detail. No, what I wanted was to paint a picture that, yeah, it definitely relates to a lot of personal stories, but just a picture that everyone could, could relate to and say, gosh, I, I've kind of painted that picture in my own house over and over again. And, and so I'm happy to see that, that people have read it. And so far, the feedback that I've gotten has, has been very positive. Yes. Yes, and and actually, you know, what what I enjoyed too is that it wasn't necessarily what we would call a really deep deep dive. You know, it was it was just enough to kind of get the message and and even to be a springboard for further discussion. You know, um, because because I I think it really captured you know, the essence of of what's going on in Hispanic America, you know, um, in terms of families and, you know, with single moms. And, and, and you know, there's, there, there's a fair share of single dads out there, too, that are also caring for, for elderly parents and grandparents. But, um, but I, I think that this book was really long overdue and again it, you don't have enough time to to get bored or to get tired of reading it like it's it's a really easy fast read does that make sense it 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 does and i appreciate your saying that because really that was part of my purpose in writing it i wanted it to be the kind of book that everyone in the family could read in less than an hour and talk about over dinner and and like you said uh, be an avenue for further discussion. Be something that makes you want to like, think about these issues, whether you're dealing with them now or whether you're going to deal with them in 10 years. I guarantee you it's coming. I mean, the only right. way to not to 
old age is to die. So at some point, we're all going to be dealing with this issue, whether it's our own parents. And, you know, preserving the memories were important for me, too, because, yes, uh, you know, just to go a little bit into what actually got me to finally write this book, because this is a project that I started several years ago. I recently got very, very sick. And, you know, with everyone, with COVID now and the pandemic, I think life has changed for everyone and everyone has started to reevaluate. I didn't have COVID, but I had some sort of viral infection that then prompted me to catch a really, really serious case of shingles. And after that, those palsy. So I, I had a rough, oh. rough ride. Yeah. And That's painful. That time, yeah. It was painful, but it was also, um, I, I was talking to someone at work today about it and I said, you know, it was a very low time for me because... I have never felt unstoppable in that way, like physically uh, unable to move, right. to do things. And and it made me think about a lot of things. And one of the first things that popped into my mind when I got sick was this book that I had started to write so many years ago uh, when my daughter, I believe, was something like 11 years old and, and had never really finished. Sure, I'd put all the thoughts down, and I, but I'd never really, you know, taking the time to publish, to, to copy edit it, to get it to that final you know, point where I could say, okay, this is now publishable. And it made me really think that there are so many things in life that we put off, Michael, and we do it because we are just caught in the daily grind of, of the things we have to do. And, and right. we put off those things that are important to us because it seems like we have to. We, 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 don't, we don't have the time. We don't have the time. But I made an effort to make the time and finish it because I thought, you know, I really want to preserve this moment in time for me because I went through so much watching my mom go through what she experienced with my grandparents, and yet so much of it was was happy. And the reason I say that right. is because, because, you know, there were some wonderful memories that are entangled in all the sadness that comes with caring for aging parents. And, and just to see the wonderful spirit, the human spirit, um, I know I talk about my mom and I make her sound like she's like some supernatural being, but, but the truth of the matter is that I'm sure a lot of people listening out there have either cared for aging parents or watched someone very close to them do so, and it does take a very special person. It takes a special person to do it with love, to do it every day, and to be that unselfish because you basically have yes. to put all of aside and put them first. Um, and... Here's, here's, here's the crux of it, and here's why I find it so admirable. Because unlike those moments with babies, like we say, where everything is like they're growing up, everything is beautiful, everything is positive, we're talking about deterioration here. Everything only gets worse. Yes. And so I do think it takes a very special person and a very special soul to care for aging parents. So I, I admire everyone out there who's doing that. Yeah, I, I agree totally. You know, and I remember at a young age, I don't know, I must have been 14, 15, and I volunteered at a nursing home where I lived up in New York in in Washington Heights at Isabella Nursing Home. And um, for me, it, it, it was one of the best experiences of my life to spend time with with some seniors and you know just just their wisdom alone was was just uh, you can't even you can't even put a price or a value on on some of that information that that was conveyed and some of the wisdom you know um and and I feel like we often take people for granted and I don't know if, if, you know, it's ironic, but over the past week, I had several funerals to officiate, and two were about 90 years old, and one was 101 years old. Wow. And it really made me reflect, you know, on, wow, you know, this person has, was here for 101 years, like, what amazing wisdom and information they have. The history that this person had. 
you know, and, and having an opportunity also to speak to, you know, the family members that have cared for them. And it, it went right in alignment with the book. It really did, you know, and particularly for for folks who are a single parent, right, so raising their children, and now their kids are getting out of the house, and now they're caring for an elderly parent. And and you're right. I mean, that is selfless. You know, um, that that takes that takes everything. That takes everything. There's a lot of sacrifice that that is put into that, into caring for you know for a senior. And and I think you know in some cases we've seen that people have deteriorated not because of physical or medical problems, but because they felt so alone and they were depressed and isolated. That, that is such a good point. And, and, you know, one of the things that you touched upon that I feel very strongly about is how much it takes uh, to take care of an aging parent. And one of the things that I actually mentioned in the book, and I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm quoting this verbatim, but one of the things I talk about is how when I talk about my mom, I say something to the effect of I'm pretty sure that um, taking care of her aging parents prolonged their lives and took years off of hers. Meaning that I could right. see, even as a teenager, how much it was draining her physically, um, because it's yes. hard work. You know, it, it's not you're, it's not a pep talk. It's not hey, you know, hey, here we go. No, it's it's physical work, and and in addition to that physical draining, let's talk about the emotional aspects of all of a sudden the person that you've called Poppy your entire life doesn't even know who you are. And and the right. effects that that has on you as you are trying to grapple with, oh, my goodness, this is not getting any better. And so, yeah, so yeah I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think it's, it's very draining, and, and yet that's what makes it even more special because we live in a time, and you know it well, Michael, we live in a time where it's all about, yeah. you know, me and how we can make our own lives better and how and it's it's very tough to come across those people you know who who are the opposite of that who are always looking to give and are always looking to improve other people's lives even at the cost of of their own so so yeah I mean I I think a, a lot of people can relate to that feeling and and you know the flip side and I do want to say this there's no you know there are people who they are not cut out for that. They know that they cannot physically bear, either because their lives are too complicated, they have too much on their plate as it is, maybe their kids are young, and they have someone else come in and take care of their aging parents, or they, they send their parents to a, a, a nice nursing home. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, you take care of your aging parents however it best fits your family's needs. But right. just in my particular case, what I, what I saw, I thought was just, a beautiful expression of love um, that that my grandparents certainly gave my mom and all of us in the family growing up, and they certainly received ten times over as they were aging. And it, it was nice to see. And I think, you know, in Hispanic families where we are very close, and we do tend to live like three or four generations under one roof, <laughs> that's not uncommon. Right, right. Growing up, very common. Um, you know, you are used to being very close to your grandparents, and and I, I feel blessed that, that I had them, and I had them for as long as I did because my, my grandfather actually lived long enough to watch me, you know, hold my first TV news job, and, and even beyond that, he watched me when I was on Channel 7, and he didn't speak good English, even though he tried, and he would watch, and I know he didn't understand half of what I was saying, but I would come home, and he'd always say, oh, my gosh, you did such a good job. Come What a wonderful, you know, and I just think that that's <laughs> a source of pride, and it makes me happy that he lived long enough to see that and actually to meet my children as well, and my children still have memories of what a kind man he was, even though they were very little. Um, he was just that kind of guy that you couldn't help but remember, um, 
And I think my mom's kindness certainly comes from him. Right, right. And and what do you think? What do you think is is the best way to carry that legacy forward? Um, because you know that, and that's something I I often talk about uh, publicly is the legacy that people have left behind. You know, um, you know. Part of it is is the old school work ethic and, you know, the way things were done in the past versus how they're done now. You know, it's like um, I know that certain phrases or sayings, right, that, that we grew up hearing our grandparents and parents say that we become parents and then we find ourselves saying the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, we, true. Yeah, we become our parents in many ways. I see that with my mom. A lot of the things that used to frustrate me about her when I was a teenager, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm becoming my mom. Because, you know, obviously a lot of it just rubs off. It's, it's inevitable. But at the same yeah. time, um, you know, as far as carrying the legacy forward, so here, here's how I feel about that. I feel like my grandfather's generation – um, was a generation, you mentioned the work ethic, so I want to talk about that first. I don't think my grandfather sure. ever missed a day of work. You know, he was in, in Cuba long before he came to the States. He was a hardworking accountant. When he came to the States after uh, Castro's revolution, and he came in the early 60s, so he worked just as hard to recreate that life and to try to give his kids the best life possible, and, and he did it. He and, and his wife, my grandma, did it. Somehow they did. Um, but I just think about that work ethic, which, gosh, I mean, never missed a day of work, was so hardworking, right. and it translated to every area of his life. That is wonderful. I mean, who doesn't want that strong work ethic? However, yeah, really wish he had enjoyed his life a little bit more. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, everything to the extreme can be detrimental and although that was great for all of us to see, you know, how hard work pays off and all those other lessons that you learn from that, as he got older, sometimes I felt badly that, wow, you know, he never really lived for himself, not a single day. Everything he did was for everyone else around him. I wonder if he ever had something he wanted to do that he never did or somewhere he wanted to go that he never went. So to a certain extent, I would say, that I wish that even though I love the fact that he was like that, I wish that he had done a little bit more for himself. It was just not, it didn't exist in that generation. You know, they were all about providing for their family and, and just being the best possible version of themselves that they could be. I mean, we need more of that now. We've gone in the opposite direction, right. but, but I wish he had, he had done a little bit more for himself. As far as carrying on the legacy, you know, I, I feel like, for me, writing this book was one way to do it, just to preserve the memories and, and, and to write down, you know, this, this man existed. And now I'm talking exclusively about my grandfather. And, I, you know, and it's because I, I just feel like so much of what I learned in my life, I learned from him. And I did write down those memories because in a way writing them down allowed me to relive them to a certain extent Michael and I don't know if that that makes sense but as I was writing down I I just like I relived everything I remembered our our walks to to Publix every afternoon and going to Saunders to pick up whatever he needed and and the little neighborhood Comodoro where we would get everything he forgot to get at Publix you know just little things like that where I was like you know it was really special and really it was really simple Nothing that I did with my grandfather was ever extravagant. He never took me on an incredible vacation to Europe. And he never, no, but what he did was he took me on long walks where he talked. He told me stories that he made up himself about El Ratoncito Perez and Cara Sucia. Those were, those were two of his favorite stories. <laughs> he, took, he took time to, to connect with me. And, and that's what made our relationship so special. So with my kids, who are now grown. I have a 19-year-old daughter, Leah, who is an FIU student, a pre-med student. I'm very proud of her. And, I have and a she's a great singer. 
I mean, she is a great singer, and she's a great, she's a great girl. Singer. Yep. Say that because she's my daughter, but she really is. She's just a a good kid, and my son as well. He's 21, Lucas, and oh, they're both very, very talented. Oh, thank you. They're they're you know everyone thinks their kids are great, but again, this is one case where I'm right. They really are, and it is a product of. <laughs> Just the fact that I think they have been surrounded by so much love. Listen, our our lives have not been perfect. They they were raised by me, a single mom, and trying to juggle a job and family life and all that. It's it's not easy. My daughter and I actually had this conversation today, and I told her um, that I feel like that balancing act that we all strive for is is a joke. Like it's it's impossible when you're doing so much. Something gets lost. You miss something. Something falls through the cracks. And that's okay. That's okay. That's real life. You know, we, we all do the best we can. And I just, I hope that when I get that old, if I'm lucky enough to live, you know, to be 95, which I don't know. I don't know, Michael. But if I am, I hope that my kids will have stories to tell about me that if they're not equally as incredible because my grandfather is hard to top and I get that at least they'll have stories where they can share that they're like I remember when mom did this or I remember when we and I hope it is those simple moments that they remember um because I think that is the most special that you can have with family just those like laughs at the dinner table or if you all have different hours and you can't share dinner whatever it is whatever however you bond like with my daughter we love to sing together and do like whatever it is that she remembers that makes our relationship special um i hope that sticks because really that's all we have and and i think we realize that as we start to get older speaking of aging with hope you know you just really hope that there is more to you than everything that you've done that you leave behind an impression that is that's an imprint, you know, more of who you are on the inside and less of, of what you did. Because you know what? At the end of the day, uh, being a South Florida news anchor for 24 years, sure, that's great, but that doesn't define me. What I hope defines me is the kind of person that I am and the kind of person that I've been with my family. You know, that's, that's really right. who you are. The rest is just, it's just work, you know, and it can be anything. Right. Right. And, and, and you know what? I think... I think the same is true with that generation, you know, with the generation that are grandparents right now. I think that that generation has been defined by by how much they gave to their families, you know, and and that's just that's the way it was at that particular time, you know. It wasn't about how many diplomas you have on the wall or, or you know, the titles that you have on your business card. It was really about how you gave to the family. And I think that, and this is just, you know, an observation because you did mention, like, with your grandfather, you wish he had done more for himself. And I think that from what I see that is what he wanted like to take care of his family and to and to ha- be surrounded by his family that 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 was okay for him and that gave him tremendous joy you know and um and sometimes you know that's enough for people like you know that's just the that's just the way they are and our hope is that we can we can record some of those memories. I, I read something. Um, I don't remember where it was. It was just within the past day or two, right? Ever since COVID, like who knows what day it is, what year it is, what month it is, you know? Um, but I, I read something that someone someone made a suggestion. Uh, for all those people that have young kids. And that was to set up an email account and to forward different things to that email account. Photos, um, emails of different events that occurred in the family, different notes, different messages. And when they become an adult, you give them the password 
to that email account. That's a great you idea. Have, I like that. Yeah, and and you and you have a bunch of memories, including photos, that are stored for them. That kind of tells them, you know, where where their family's been. You know, kind of tells them about about their family and and all of those things. And I was like, wow, I wish I had I had seen this years ago, so that I could do that for my kids. But I do have a lot of things stored on Dropbox from over the years, including photos. So, so that's that'll be my that'll be my way of passing on, you know, the information. But I, I think you know, for folks that are listening, that may have older parents or older grandparents, you know, take the time to spend some time with them to listen to what they have to say, um, you know, just to give them, to give them some of, a, a piece of the time that they have given us. You know, uh, my mom is still alive and, and she lives in Miami and she's uh, 77 now. And um, I went, I went to, I went down there last Friday to because uh, I live in Broward to uh, to take her to pick up a few groceries and a couple other things and I, I notice every time uh, and she may be listening to the show right now so I better be careful but <laughs> every time I go to see my mom she will do or say something to extend my time with her like oh can you can you check my laptop? Oh, can you check my iPad? It's not working, you know. And I'm like, uh, oh, your iPad's working fine. Oh, well, you know, it wasn't working before, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, I, re- I realized, like, you know what? She just wants to spend some time with me. Like, I'm her son. You know, she lives alone now. And she just wants to spend some time with me. And I, I said, you know what? I'm going to spend time with her. We're going to go out to dinner. Went over to La Carreta there on Southwest 8th Street. Had a great meal outside. And, you know, it's like this is what we need to be doing. I couldn't agree more. And and it's it's something that we all realize that as we get older. Just like, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, I really started to appreciate my mom when I was an adult and specifically when right. I had kids, you know, that, that's sure. when I really, wow, how did she do this? Like wh- how? And the fact that, you know, we do take so much for granted in this life because it is inevitable. Again, it's a matter of survival for so many of us. We, yeah, COVID has slowed things down. It has forced people to slow down, but, but guess what? And you know, this, you deal with this all the time. You see this, it's hectic. It's crazy. It's busy. You know, people, they don't feel like they have time to, to take care of themselves. It's just like, go, 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 go. So what ends up happening is that the important things, the important people get left behind because, you know, you got to get right. to work, you got to build, you got to, and it, it, it's just life. It's just the way that it is. But, but wow, what a blessing to realize, hey, you know, we all need to stop every once in a while. And not only reconsider and reprioritize, you know, where it is we're putting all of our time. But like you said, give that time to the people who really deserve it. <laughs> give it to the right. people who really deserve it. Who more than your mom? You know, who more than who more than those people who, who raised you and, and, and gave you the life that you have? And and let me tell you, my mom, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I pray that I will be able to take care of her because I think about that now. My mom, I believe, is 73 now. Is that right? I'm asking my daughter because I'm, how old is she? Oh, she's going to be mad at me. It's 72. I added a year. So she's 72. And I just, you know, she's great. She just retired from a full-time job. So, you know, she's very active. She, she's mentally, you know, as, as well as I can expect at this point. Right. But I think about, you know, the next 10 years, the next 15 years, or, or whatever, whatever life brings in the next decade. And I really want to be there for her, you know, in every capacity. And 
And I want more than that, more than caring for her when she doesn't recognize my face, if that ever happens. I mean, let's hope that it doesn't, but that's the natural progression, unfortunately. Um, sure. I'm be there for her now when she still can do things and she still, you know, appreciates things and because these are the memories that she's going to have. You know, that it, it, it matters to care for them, of course, when they can't care for themselves, but improving their life when they still have a quality of life, that's, that's, that's awesome. Right. And that's what I really right. want to do for her. Um, but I, I really encourage, you know, I, I don't, I haven't been, I promoted the book, you know, the first day that it was published. I was so excited about it. I haven't been like going crazy promoting it, but I, I was so happy when you invited me to this podcast because, um, you know, it's a quick read, as you said, and I really hope that people have the chance to check it out. You'll read it and you'll think to yourself, yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. Or that kind of sounds like my family. And it'll get you thinking about things that if they're not happening to you now, they're going to be happening pretty soon. So I, I really do appreciate, Michael, you having me on the podcast. No, no, absolutely. And and I thank you, you know, for for agreeing to, to come on the show because, you know, I really think it's, it's a, it's a must read for anyone, particularly someone who has uh, elderly parents right now or elderly grandparents. Um, because, because I, I think it just touches on life, on real life. Like there's no BS. This is it. You know, and and this is this is what what it's like, you know, and and you know, in in many ways, there are a lot of sacrifices that have to be made. And to your point, I mean, you know, the seniors have sacrificed, right, raising us. You know, I think about my own mom, and you know, having a full time job and having part time jobs on the weekend, and you know. It was it was nonstop. It was nonstop, and and you know gave us everything she could, you know, and and when she couldn't, my grandparents would step up, you know. So yeah. Yeah. you know, we we always had that, and and we were we were so fortunate and so blessed, and you know, and and for you, you know, I mean, look at look at everything that you've accomplished. Uh, I'm sure that that there are days when when um when you feel like wow did i did I do a good job as a single mom you know because um, i I think that that's probably something that goes through every single parent's head at one point or another, but you know when you look at your accomplishments, Christine, and you know how you've raised your kids and They've turned out to be fabulous, fabulous. Uh, I love watching the videos of you and Leah singing. You know, oh, if, if, I'm, if, if I'm having a tough, stressful day and, you know, <laughs> coming out of a funeral and jump on social media and I, you know, see a video of you guys singing, it's like, oh, man, that just perks you right up, you know. That's um, okay. we, we love you, doing you know, that. <laughs> and and I'm uh, and I'm sure for you too you know it hasn't been easy because you know being in media for the past 24 years um you know I don't know that that people on the outside really realize what it's like like you know you don't really have a personal life because you know you're you're in the public eye and um and you know it's it's uh it, there there's a lot of pressure right and and particularly if you're if you're working the morning show, you get in at what time in the morning? Well, I get up at two in the morning but i'm I'm in um around four fifteen so yeah it's a it's a you're right it's a demanding career but listen i i I talk to people from all walks of life, and no matter what people do for a living. Working and juggling family is simply hard. Um, yes. The only thing I would say that 
makes media, and you, you, because you specifically mentioned my job, I will say that there are some particular challenges that are just very specific to the industry that, yeah, do make it very hard. And, again, here's another situation. If I didn't have my mom around, it would have been very hard um, to raise yes. my kids. In fact, it's possible. I would have had to have hire someone to, to take care of them because, as you know, when there's a hurricane and most people are off at home with their families, you know, hunkered down for the storm, we're at work. And and so that's just, that's the nature of business. So it is that way. And and um, I think it's hard. It was hard for my kids when they were little to comprehend. You know, yeah, mommy has to be at work during these times when everybody's home. And why we don't really get it. And eventually they understand that. Yeah, it's just life is different for us. We're not. You know, mom is working when everybody's off. Mom works most holidays. You know, mom can't take two weeks off at a time. You know, it's it's not. It's not a complaint. I mean, we're blessed. Thank God for my job. That's why I was able to raise my kids. That's where. That's why they were able to have the lives that they had and still have. But, but yes, there are certain sacrifices that are very specific to the industry that that they had to live with, and that we still live with um, even now. So, and, and particularly, right. particularly me, because you know, working those hours. At, when you're 26 is not the same as working them when you're 48. So, so yeah, um, it's tough. And, and yet I'm grateful because I look back on my life and, and um, you know, every, every action does have a consequence. And I, I made certain decisions that took me on a, a certain path. And I am 100% convinced that God carved that path for me. Cause I look at where I am right. now and I, and I think, and I don't really think, you know, I, I heard you say all these accomplishments. I don't really think of my life that way. I don't really think in terms of, like, I've accomplished a lot. In fact, I don't, I don't think I feel that way at all. But what I do feel that I have accomplished, the only thing that I am proud of is the fact that I have two great kids. And I know that that sounds, it may sound dumb or even cheesy or, but but that's hard. Like, I was nervous about that. I was nervous about that, you know, sure. during their teenage years and, and knowing that I, I did miss a lot. Hey, I had to miss the awards assemblies in the morning because I was at work. I had to miss that's the right. Mother's Day that my daughter's 5K class because I was at work. I had to miss field day. I had to miss, 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 miss. And I wondered how they would interpret that. How would that translate? I mean, are they really going to think you know, what other people tell them, your mom is working hard so she can give you a better life, or are they just going to be like, yeah, mom should have been here, period. And and so I think, you know, everyone has that guilt, you know, as a, as a working mom, as a single mom, whether you're, it doesn't matter if there's someone else in the house. If you're a working mom, you're going to deal with that guilt. Um, so right. so yeah, if there's one thing I'm proud of and if there's one thing I want to pass on it to anyone that's listening out there is, yeah, don't take a moment for granted. Preserve those memories, whether it's with your kids, with your parents, with your grandparents. Hold on to it because you want to be remembered for those moments. That, you know, right. When I die, my kids, I, I know, I can promise you, Michael, that my kids are not going to say, my mom was a news anchor for 24 years. She reported on Hurricane you know, Andrew. I promise you that's not going to be what they talk about. They're going to talk about you know, my mom, she was so silly. We would sing while we were driving in the car, and we would go to Puerto Rico every day because she didn't cook. And they're just going to talk about real life. And and I really hope that's what they talk about because we should all want to remember our family members as people, as who they are, not as what they did. I mean, I, I, I could care less about that. So um, I just hope that that we all know the value of preserving um, memories because one of the things, and right. it's actually on the cover of the book, I say with memory loss, memories matter most. Yeah. And yes. I believe that that sentence for me, the reason why I put it on the cover of the book is because it says it all. When you start to forget, gosh, I hope there's someone around that has preserved all those moments because that's when those right. memories matter for everyone around you. You know, because even if you've forgotten, guess what? Your kids haven't. Your grandkids haven't. And That's right. And maybe that's the legacy you talk about. Maybe that's the legacy. The legacy is 
just preserving those memories so that somehow, because they certainly do, you talked about it, how, how your mom shaped your life, how your grandparents shaped your life. Well, if it shapes your life, the legacy lives on, right? So I guess that's, that's all right. we hope. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, anyone I've I've spoken to who has, you know, had a parent or grandparent with dementia um, who, you know, no longer recognizes them, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's hard and, and sometimes it can be painful, but they always say, yeah, but I still know that that's my father or I still know that that's my mother, you know, and, and that too is, it's like, wow, you know, um, it, it all comes, it all comes full circle. It really does. Um, it really does. And, but, and like you said, you know, you mentioned how your mom did everything for you growing up. You know, think about the most basic thing that we do for our kids when they're little. Change their diapers. Yep. Think about yep. what you have to do with aging parents. Change their diapers. It all goes back to the same thing. And, and That's again, right. no one wants to talk about it. Why? Because it's sad. Because it, it, no one wants, like, what? Where's the first? How many baby journals have you seen? A gazillion. Every every little store has the baby's first year. The baby. Who has your last five years? You know, no nobody like nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to document it. But it's real life, and we're all dealing with it. So why not? Why not document it and have a little book, a little guide to go through and be like, wow, yeah. Yeah, that's happening to me too. I feel that way too. I'm frustrated. I'm depressed. Yet here I am. Somehow, I'm I'm doing this. I'm caring for because the reality is that it's a challenge. There's so many struggles. Right. And and it's okay. It's okay. Like I used to tell my mom, and I talked to her when I was writing this book. Um, I said, Mom, I remember there was a time when. Abuelito Felo and Tita were really deteriorating. And at one point she had to move into their house because they just, I mean, it was, it was, it was bad. And I said, I remember you talking to me once and saying, oh, my God, I can't take it. I can't. Like she was, she was really upset. She was emotionally upset, and she thought she just couldn't take it anymore. And, mm. and I talked to her about that when I was writing the book. You know, her first, her first question to me was like, are you going to put that in the book? Because people are going to think that I was like, I said, no, Mom, you're human. <laughs> you are, you're amazing because you are, but you are human. And and that is, that's the reality. Like, if, right. you're, if you're caring for your aging parents day in and day out, and there's not a day when you feel overwhelmed, well, then you're like, you're a robot. There's no way. And, and, exactly. And that's, well, that's what people want to see, that, hey, you're just like me. We're doing our best, but we're struggling. Uh, and so right. I hope I hope I've captured that for people, and I and I don't want anybody to think. Um, and you, you you said a little bit, but I do I do want to make this point to anyone who's listening. You know, if you watch the news or, or you see people on the news and you think, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's such a fairy tale life, it's such a fairy tale job. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Any job well done requires a lot of sacrifice. And broadcast news is no different. Um, yeah, there are, there are a lot of pressures, on, I guess, not only on, in my particular case, the schedule. The schedule is tough. But, yeah, the career, you know, ha- has a lot of pressures that are tagged along to it, the, the obvious pressures. But it's a struggle for everyone. Like, whatever, whatever you're doing, and I, I'm sure you can relate, life is just tough. It's it's not easy. It's not yes. easy for anyone. So, you know, just press on and know that everyone can relate. You know, at some point, everyone can relate to that tough day that you've had at work or that day when you get home and, and you've had a fight with your kids or you've had a fight with your mom or you feel like you can't deal with your aging parents anymore. Whatever it is, it's all okay. It's normal. And, you know, there's no such thing as a fairy tale life. I, I certainly have not met anyone who has it. I've met people who try to pretend they have it, but it's just not right. Real. Of course, um, 
it's not real. So I think it's best to try to be as transparent as possible with people so that they know that you're just like them in every single way, you know. And and I hope that anyone who reads my book feels that way, that, that they can really relate to, like, who I really am and they've gotten to know me and my family a little better um, through the pages of Aging with Help. Right, right. Yeah, I uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And, uh, you know, we could – we could go on all night, I'm sure, on this discussion because I think we're both pretty passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's certainly a lot to talk about. And, I'm again, I, I thanked you earlier, but I want to thank you again because not only did you take the time to read the book, um, but the fact that you took the time to have me on as a guest and really talk about issues that are close to your heart, they're close to my heart, and I think a lot of your listeners can relate to. I truly appreciate that, Michael. I really do. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And when can we expect the second book? Well, I haven't started working on that yet. And, you know, you talk about that, that this book is not it. I feel like the second book might just be a deep dive into this issue. So if there is second book, it may well be um, just an in-depth look at things that I skimmed over that I can certainly talk a lot more about. But but that's not in the works. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, take take some time. You you are you are a, a fairly new newlywed, you and Frank. Yes, three years so, now. Yeah, how long? Now, yeah. And that, three and years? It's been three years already? Yes, three years. Yes, three years. Oh, my and, goodness. Okay, just to close this up, because we are saying goodbye, and I know that, but this actually relates to my grandfather, and I would love to close this podcast with this. When yes. Frank proposed to me, Frank, which, by the way, his name is Francisco, which is my grandfather's name, um, when Frank proposed to me at the Grand Canyon, the very first thing that I saw after I accepted his proposal was this little tiny motel off to the side of the Grand Canyon, and it said, Tovar Hotel or Tassatovar, or I can't remember the exact name, but I was like, Tovar. That's my grandfather's last name. And I can honestly wow. that moment in time, I felt my grandfather was looking down on me and saying, yes, this is good. You're going in the right direction. And I shared wow. that with him that moment because it, I was like, I can't believe it. I took a picture next to, next to the motel, and I was like, I really feel like this is coming from him. Like he's giving us his blessing. And so – you know, not only does that speak to that that legacy that you talk about, it always lives on, but that connection. When you have that special connection yes. with someone life, it never goes away. It never goes away. So I just wanted to share that with you because since you mentioned Frank, I thought that was kind of a, a beautiful way to, to just finish off our conversation because for me it was confirmation that, yeah, you're making the right decision, this is the right move, and you have my blessing. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. We we're gonna we're gonna have to have uh next time you come on we'll have to have you bring Frank. <laughs> He'll have a lot more stories for you. He's a lot more entertaining than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well again, I, I wanna thank you so much and I, I feel bad because I know I know now that you get up at two in the morning, so um, I don't want to. I don't want to hold you um, much longer. Um, but you know, anytime you want to come back on the show, you are more than welcome to come back. And um, you know, you, you ever need anything on on this end, please please don't hesitate. I really appreciate that, and thanks again for having me on on the podcast. I I really enjoyed talking to you. I really did. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I'm going to have to send you my book so that you can sign it for me, too. 
oh, my yeah, collection. I was, I was. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again so much, and and my You're regards good. to the family. Thank you, and thank you to all the listeners. Uh, good night, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to to listen to my story and. Uh, again, I really just appreciate it. I hope you all have a chance to pick up Aging with Hope. You can get it on Amazon, so it's, it's easy to get. But if you do, I would love to hear your feedback. You know, shoot me an email and let me know what you think. But I, I really think you'll be able to relate to the pages in the book. Thanks again, Michael. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a great night. God bless you and your family. Thanks so much. You too. All right. So there you have it, folks. That was Christine Cruz. And uh, if you haven't had an opportunity, you definitely want to get her book. It's available on Amazon, Aging with Hope by Christine Cruz, with the quote on the front, with memory loss, memories matter most. So definitely, definitely make sure you get a copy of the book. It, uh, again, it's a really easy read. Um, just just a beautiful, heartfelt story. Um, it's 40 pages, so it's not going to take you long. It really captures the essence of everything. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the Michael Calderon Show. If you have an idea for a show, send us a message through the show page. If you want to listen to a previous show, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon Show. Don't forget uh, Everything Teeth Miami, the free dental day that's happening Wednesday, September 30th. And also don't forget Zen Care Pharmacy in Miramar off Flamingo Road and Miramar Parkway. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Stay safe. And we will be talking soon. God bless you all. <laughs>